Well, hello, my friends. So I'm making some changes in my plans for today's episode because due to the length of this show, I've decided that rather than reduce the masturbation segment to a shortened topic, I decided that I will have it in a future episode dedicated totally to masturbation because, let's face it, it's that important that it needs its own show. So in doing this, I did want to ask for some action from you folks. I'd love to include any stories about interesting masturbation techniques that you might use or funny stories about an experience that you might have had with masturbation, either alone or with someone, or even some stories about major fails in masturbation that might have occurred, such as being interrupted or spied upon, or other interesting stories. So I'm going to give this one month to collect these stories from you, and then I shall insert the most interesting ones into the episode. So please tell me these stories by sending them to anoldergayguyshow at gmail.com. I will not use your name, and I won't mention any location. Please submit as many stories as you'd like. I'd love to have a real assortment of interesting and funny stories. And I will remind everyone about this submission in each of the episodes I put out in this next month. And I will plan on having the masturbation episode out just before Memorial Day weekend. But I have a very busy show today. It's going to include some new stuff as well as some of the older stories that were in episodes that I got rid of. So I'm putting those back in for your entertainment. So let's get on to it. I am Joey Hernandez, and you are, of course, listening to an older Gay Guy Show podcast. Thank you for joining me today. This show is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out more great shows at pride48.com. So the first topic that we are going to talk about is manscaping. And just in case some of you may not know what manscaping is, I know most people in the U.S. certainly do, but as I have this go around the world, I know that some of you might not be familiar with the term Manscaping is a grooming trend that has become increasingly popular in recent years, especially among men who want to maintain a neat and tidy appearance. And what the practice involves is trimming or removing unwanted hair from different parts of the body, such as your chest, your back, especially your pubic area, and sometimes your underarms. Now, while some men may view manscaping as a purely aesthetic practice, it can also have practical benefits. For example, trimming hair in the pubic region can reduce the risk of skin irritation and ingrown hairs, as well as if you reduce the amount of hair that is over your dick, your dick will look bigger. And I know that's a big selling point for a lot of people. Also, removing hair from the underarms can help prevent excessive sweating and body odor. Now, there are several methods of manscaping available, and each one has its own 
advantages and disadvantages. Here are some of the most popular techniques. Shaving. Shaving is perhaps the most well-known of hair removal. It involves using a razor to remove hair from the surface of the skin. Now, while shaving is relatively easy and it's most certainly affordable, it can be time-consuming and may cause skin irritation or razor burn. Now, I've been shaving most of my body for decades. I started back in the 80s when I was competing in bodybuilding contests, and I've just kind of kept up the practice. Although I now don't shave my arms, my underarms, or my legs. I do shave my chest and my abs. I have Paco take the hair off my back. I just think it looks better. And I carefully trim around my dick and balls, trying to be very careful with a razor because, of course, it can be very irritating. And you have to do it slowly and carefully so that you don't have this skin irritation develop. The thing is that I've been doing this for so many decades that I can almost do it without anything else added to my skin. I don't put shaving cream on my body. I might wet it down a little bit if it's been a few days, but my skin is so used to me doing this that it just kind of goes along with it. I rarely have any bumps or any skin irritation occur. But if you are new to it, please, by all means, use some shaving cream or something that's going to help soften the hair and get it to stand up a little bit better while you shave. The second kind is waxing, and waxing involves applying a sticky substance to the skin and then removing it quickly, taking the hair with it. Waxing can be painful, I can attest to that, but it can also provide longer-lasting results than shaving. However, it can also be expensive and may require some professional assistance in doing it. I can tell you that the problem I always had with waxing is that your hair has to be a certain length in order for the waxing to work. So I can't have shaved my body three or four days ago and now go and get it waxed. It's not going to work. You have to grow out your hair a little bit. And I never wanted to do that, so waxing was never a big thing for me. Now, the most common thing to do, and this is for both gay men and straight men, is trimming. It involves using scissors or clippers to shorten the hair without completely removing it. This method is generally less time-consuming and less painful than shaving or waxing and can be done at home. However, it may not provide as smooth a result as other methods. And a lot of guys today prefer to do the trimming because it keeps the body looking better in that it's not long hair that's on you, but at the same time, you're not shaved completely so you look like a baby. You have some hair there. Sing you a song that I used to sing as a child. It's an old Minnesotan farm song entitled, I Never Thought I'd Grow a Hair There. If you will stop saying it. 
it does show that you're a hairy guy, but also, especially if you're doing the chest and you're doing the abs, even though you have a little bit of hair there of a certain length, just, you know, very short length, you can still see the muscles that are under it, which is very important to me anyway. And laser hair removal involves using a laser to destroy the hair follicles, preventing future hair growth. This method can be expensive and may require several sessions, sometimes a bunch of sessions, to achieve the desired result. But it can also provide permanent hair removal. And I had a little bit done once, and it wasn't a pleasant experience. I'd rather have the waxing than I would the laser hair removal. Now, when it comes to manscaping, it's important to remember that everyone's preferences are certainly different. Some men may prefer a completely hairless look, while others may prefer a more natural appearance with just a bit of grooming. Additionally, it's important to take care when manscaping to avoid any injury or especially infection. Now, if you're new to manscaping, it's a good idea to start slowly and experiment with different techniques to find what works best for you. It may also be helpful to seek advice from a professional or consult online resources for tips and tricks. <laughs> tips and tricks. Ultimately, manscaping is a personal choice that can help men feel more confident. Again, the dick looks bigger and comfortable in their own skin. So whether you prefer a smooth chest or neatly trimmed pubic hair, there are plenty of methods and options available to help you achieve that desired look. Now, I do have to tell you that for some bizarre reason, you know how like, <laughs> I've talked before about how gay men like to bully other gay men for some reason. I don't know, some sort of weird hierarchy that people think they have. Well, there are very strong lines drawn between having hair on your body or not having your hair. In this case, think of shaving so that you don't have any hair. There are people that will argue back and forth online constantly of, I want a real man. I want a hairy man. That's the natural look. That's the way we should be. And others, especially people that work out a lot or are bodybuilders, want their muscles to show to the best that they can. And the best way to do that is to remove as much hair as possible. So there are these like two schools of thought. If you have hair and you're looking to hook up with guys, some people may not like the fact that you have hair, especially if you don't do something around the crotch to kind of trim that up so that the guy's not diving his face down into a jungle. Or again, if you're shaved, if especially for those people that like to shave themselves as much as possible, and I'm speaking more about non-bodybuilders, they were just guys that like to be baby smooth. For some reason, guys like to beat up on people about that. So it's one of those you can't win. What you should do is whatever makes you personally happy and screw everybody else. You know, don't do it for somebody else. Do it for yourself. Topic number two, penis pumps. Now, I've talked a little bit before about penis pumps. 
They're a popular tool that are used by men to achieve a stronger and more sustained erection. Although probably the majority of people use penis pumps because over time it does theoretically increase your size. And I've talked a lot before about, you know, the temporary growth that you might get, how you can get more girth than you can length, how if it does increase the size of your dick, it's something that you have to continue to do constantly. These devices, also known as vacuum constriction devices, work by creating a vacuum around the penis, which draws blood into the penis and causes it to become erect. Now, while this can be a helpful tool for some men, there are important things to consider before using a penis pump. So how do penis pumps work? Penis pumps are these cylindrical devices that fit over the penis, sometimes even over the penis and the balls, and a small hand pump is attached to the end of the cylinder, which is used to create a vacuum inside the cylinder. And this vacuum causes blood to be drawn out into the penis, which results in an erection or increased size. Once the desired level of erection is achieved, a constriction ring is placed at the base of the penis to help maintain the erection. In other words, cock rings. The ring is typically made of silicone or rubber and is designed to be worn for a short period of time. Are they effective? Well, penis pumps can be an effective tool for some men who struggle especially with erectile dysfunction. However, they're not a cure for ED and may not even be effective for everyone. In addition, some men may find that the use of the penis pump is uncomfortable or even painful. It's important to note that penis pumps are not a replacement for medical treatment of erectile dysfunction. If you're experiencing ED, it's important that you consult with your healthcare provider to determine the underlying cause and explore treatment options. If you are a bit shy to talk to your doctor about, hey doc, I got a penis pump and I'm pumping away, is that okay? Yeah, you can talk to your doctor about that. If you feel somewhat uncomfortable with that, seek out a male doctor and almost all of my doctors are gay, so I can talk pretty much about anything. So I can pretty much guarantee a gay doctor, a gay male doctor, this is not going to be a new topic for them. So are penis pumps safe? Well, penis pumps are generally safe when they're used as directed. However, there's some potential risks associated with their use, such as bruising and swelling, or numbness, or decreased sensitivity, or, I never pronounce this right, Pyrone's disease, I think. Pyrone's disease. In rare cases, the use of the penis pump may lead to the development of a condition in which the penis becomes curved or deformed. Again, those are rare cases, but it's important to be aware of it. So to minimize the risk of any of those complications, it's important to use the penis pump as directed and to not use it for an extended period of time. So if you're going to use a penis pump, 
Here's a few things to keep in mind. Read the instructions carefully and make sure you understand how to use the device properly before even trying it out for the first time. Use a water-based lubricant because the lubricating of the penis before the use of the pump can help create a better seal and thereby you get that vacuum action better. Make sure you start with a low pressure. Don't put it on there and pump, 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 pump until your dick is going to explode. You want to do it so that it's comfortable and you can slowly progress it up when you are comfortable doing so. And don't leave it on for too long. Limit the use of the penis pump to 30 minutes. Now, there was a story that I told. I put it in a few episodes. I'm not sure it exists in any of the remaining episodes after I removed all the sexual stuff from this podcast for a while. So I'm going to put it in because I think it's an important story to hear. And I also think it's fucking a riot. (laughs) But for all people that have not heard it, here is my own personal story about using a penis pump. Okay, so I do want to tell you a personal story about my dick. (laughs) I can't believe some of the shit I talk about on here. But about 20 years ago, I decided I wanted to buy one of those vacuum dick pumps. I saw it in the store and, oh, it just sounded like, oh, what fun. (laughs) Plus, you know, it's going to make my dick bigger, theoretically. So it's one of those plastic tubes that you can put your dick in, and it has like a little hose thing, and it's attached to a hand pump thing, like a bicycle pump. And what you do is (laughs) you get yourself kind of hard, put it on the tube over your dick so it's against your body, like right next to your balls, and you attach the hosey thing and you pump. And what happens is there's a vacuum suction inside this tube now and it pulls your dick up and out a little bit. It really feels like someone's yanking on it. It's really, really weird. And what happened was I had started using it. I I never had a problem with the length of my dick. I'm really happy it works for me. But the girth is something that I wanted. I wanted more girth. So I thought this vacuum pump would do it. And just so you know, it did do it. But that's not my story. So... I started doing this, and because it was so important to me, I did it all the time. And I'd do it for like a half hour to an hour. I'd usually like sit and watch TV or watch porn because porn kept me hard. And it would be suction and sucking and sucking and sucking. And after a while, when I couldn't take it anymore, I would take it off. The hose was detachable. So What you could do also is you could put the cylinder on and you could have your dick in the cylinder, get hard, pump it up, and then you can detach the hose from it and the suction will still be there. There's a release valve, but the suction will actually still stay on your dick. I'm just kind of weird. I like different things to excite me and try. (laughs) 
So I was doing this on a fairly regular basis. And I'd just sit there with the TV and I'd be holding it with one hand while it's attached to my dick. And a couple times, like, I'd do something and I'd let go of it and it would still stay on there. And I could do different things with my hands, you know, um, whatever. I could read a book, I could change the TV channel, whatever I need my hands for. And so I decided, hmm, that suction stays on there pretty good. And the weight of the cylinder really isn't that bad. So one day I decided that I was going to put it on and then detach the hose. So just the cylinder is on my dick. And I stood up and sure enough, it dropped down a little bit because of the weight of the plastic cylinder, but it didn't really go down that much. And it was tolerable for me to have that on my dick while I'm standing. It didn't hurt if I wasn't holding it. It didn't hurt in any way. So stupid, idiotic Joey decided to wear it while I did things around the house, like vacuuming. <laughs> Oh my God, I can't believe some of the weird shit I do. Oh, and tell you about and uh, doing the dishes and I would just keep it on there. And, you know, it would be pulling, but not, not to the point where it felt like pain or anything. So after one day of wearing it and doing the stupid shit around the house, I took it off and the next time I had sex, it really hurt when I got hard. And I had to put my hand like under my dick when it was hard and hold it up because what I found out was there's a ligament that runs on the top of your dick somehow into you. And I had strained that ligament and it hurt like fuck to have sex. So I didn't. I didn't even really masturbate. If I got hard, I had to hold underneath it. If I let go and just the weight of my dick, which is okay, would start to drop down and it would kill. Oh, fuck. So I went to the hospital and saw a urologist and told him the story. And he's like, that was really stupid. What you've done is you've strained the ligament that's above your penis and it's going to take a while for it to get better. And he gave me some sort of cream to put on it that soaks into the skin to, I don't know, make it easier to heal. And it took a good month, month and a half or so, before I could get hard on without it feeling like my dick was going to be ripped off my body when I would let go of it. I still have the dick pump, and I do use it periodically. However, I am smart enough not to do that. I always sit. I always hold it. If I'm watching porn, I'm just kind of holding it, and my dick is hard, and it's being sucked, and I watch porn, and it's fun, and sometimes I'll take it off. And once you take it off, you do feel like your dick is thicker. I mean, that's what you feel the most. You don't really feel like it's longer because I don't know how that would even feel. But you could touch the skin and it was like puffy because it's pulling all the cells when you're wearing it. It's pulling your skin, pulling the the cells out and it makes it kind of floppy, spongy a little bit kind of thing. It's really weird. And then 
a couple hours later, that goes down. But over time, I think I did get a little bit more girth. And I just decided the other day, I found it in the drawer and I'm like, oh, fuck, I think I'll do this again. But I'm going to do it in a sane way. And our last subject today is going to be sounding. Now, if you get a bit squeamish or queasy about things, you may want to consider whether or not you want to listen to this entire thing. I'm going to tell you some facts about sounding and explain what it is, as well as I have a personal story about that as well. Penis sounding involves the insertion of a thin rod, also known as a sound, into the urethra of the penis. This practice is considered a form of erotic or BDSM play and is not without risks. Firstly, it is important to note that penis sounding should only be performed by a trained and experienced medical professional or BDSM practitioner. Hmm, by a trained and experienced medical professional. So I can just see going to my doctor with one of these rods saying, excuse me, but could you insert this for me? Because it says that you should be an experienced medical professional. I have no idea how that even works. The urethra is a sensitive and delicate part of the male anatomy. An improper insertion of a sound can result in injury, infection, or even permanent damage. It is also crucial to use proper hygiene and sterilization techniques when performing penis sounding. The sound should be cleaned thoroughly before and after use, and a sterile lubricant should be used to reduce the friction and the risk of infection. And when it says lubricant to reduce the friction, it means lots and lots of lubricant. While penis sounding can be pleasurable for some individuals, it is important to note that it is not a form of safe sex. It does not provide protection against sexually transmitted infections or pregnancy, and there's a risk of transferring bacteria or infections from the sound to other parts of the body. It's also important to note that penis sounding is not a common or widely accepted sexual practice. It is considered a fetish or kink within the BDSM community, and individuals who engage in this practice should do so with informed consent and a thorough understanding of the risks involved. So as I'm sure you can tell, this is not for everybody by any means. And the reason that I did it, I will explain in this next story that talks about my first experience and one of my only experiences doing this. Okay, so let me reiterate that the Q-tip in the head of your dick that we talked about, I'm not a fan of that feeling. And I have never been hospitalized, so I've never stayed overnight in a hospital. But I know that someday, eventually, I am probably going to be hospitalized, even if it's when I'm dying, many years from now, hopefully. And I know people that have been hospitalized, guys that have been hospitalized, and they've had catheters put in. And I have 
always been afraid of that. I figured the Q-tip feeling wasn't good, so I could just imagine what it would be like if they're shoving a hose up there. And I don't know for a fact, but I pretty much figure if you're staying overnight in a hospital or several days, they probably do that. I guess it depends on whether the condition you're in the hospital for allows you to get up and go to the bathroom or, or if you're stuck in bed. If you're stuck in bed, I'm sure they're going to put the catheter in. And I have worried about this. I've had anxiety. I've had anxiety attacks just thinking about it, as weird as that is. That's how freaky I am about this. So sometimes, probably like all of us on here, I will look through videos that are online about, you know, different things. And I happened to catch a video of a guy and he had a soft dick. And I thought, well, that's a little unusual. What's going to happen? I assume he's going to get himself hard. And as I watched it, there was a little spot that raised out of the tip of his dick. And then this glow stick (laughs) those things that you use at dances you crack them and they like light this glow stick came up from inside his dick and i'm like holy fuck (laughs) what the hell is that (laughs) it really intrigued me so i started looking for more videos about that and sure enough the internet is full of videos about that not a glow stick mind you but there are rods that are made specifically to use putting in your dick and i really became intrigued about this because part of me was thinking oh my god that must kill because of my thought about the catheter and the q-tip going in your dick and the other part of me is like oh my god that's like so hot to see like somebody with that rod in there and it would come up you know i've seen people put it in and it slides all the way into their dick and you can't see it at all and then i've seen others kind of put it in part way and then get themselves hard which i i would think it's not that easy and they'd masturbate with this rod in there and then sometimes they'd pull it out and shoot. And I think there was a couple of guys I saw that actually kept the rod in when they shot. And you saw the cum come out around the rod. I was so fascinated by this. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, that's so hot. I wonder if I could ever do it. And I thought about it. I thought about it for like two years Two years before I finally said, you know what? I'm going to go on Amazon, (laughs) right? Amazon has everything. I'm sure they have this. And I had found out it was called sounding and what they were using were called sounding rods. So I went on Amazon and sure enough, (laughs) they had a kit of all these different size rods. And it wasn't that much money. It was like $30 or something. So I ordered it, and I got it, and I kept it on a shelf, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I was with my husband at the time. We were engaged, but we hadn't gotten married, and I said to him, you know, would you ever like like this? And he's like, fuck no, (laughs) and I'm like, I might do it sometime. I don't know. I mean, it really intrigues me. So it it sat there again. Once he said no, I'm like, "Ah, yeah, right. Maybe I shouldn't do it. That'd be stupid. Well, (laughs) 
the stupid things we do in life. So I decided one day when I was home by myself, my husband was off for the day, I said, I'm gonna try it. I don't know if I can do this, but I'm gonna try it. So I set up my computer on the bed with videos of people doing this because I thought, oh, we can do it together. (laughs) You know, they'll do it online. And, you know, it wasn't live. They were videos, but fuck it. So I got all the stuff you're supposed to have. I had alcohol for, you know, uh, prepping it so there's no germs or bacteria. I had cotton ball to dip in the alcohol and rub on the rod. I had plenty of lube. And I thought, okay, this is going to be it. Now, for whatever reason, the smallest rod was defective. It was actually rusty, which was kind of freaky. (laughs) And it wasn't worth it for 30 bucks to send the stupid thing back and get another one and whatever. It wasn't a lot of difference between the first rod and the next one. So I just got rid of the rusty one and was like, rust. I can't even think about that in my penis. So I got the next size, which was, you know, just slightly bigger than the first one. So I got the video on, right? And I take the isopropyl alcohol and I rub it all over the rod and in my hands and the head of my dick, right? I'm all like really trying to be clean. And then I get lube and I lube up the rod and I lube up my dick and I just sat there (laughs) watching the videos going, I don't know if I can do this really. I mean, maybe I can still back out. It's No one's forcing me to do this, uh, but I kind of want to do it. So I touched it to the tip of my dick and not pushing it in at all, just kind of holding it there, just kind of tapping it against the head of my dick. And I slid it in just like the tiniest little tiny bit, not even as much as the Q-tip would be. And it didn't feel that bad. So I put it in just a little further and there was kind of a stopping point where it just kind of, it had some resistance if I tried to push it and it was very slightly, slightly, slightly painful or more uncomfortable than anything. So I'm thinking, well, I wonder if that's normal. I guess it is. So I push a little bit more and sure enough, I get past this sticking point and I'm like, oh, wow, that's great, right? So I go to reach my right hand to grab more lube to put on the rod, even though it's really lubed. And when I let go of the rod with my right hand to go get the lube, the rod just dropped (laughs) right into my dick. Just boom, slid right down. And it didn't feel bad in any way. In any way. It it felt like interesting, (laughs) I guess. It wasn't like super hot. And it wasn't like... I was getting a boner over it because, you know, my dick's soft because I'm shoving this thing in it and my dick's going, no, no, please don't do that to me. So it was small. Er, <laughs> not small, small, er, when it was soft. And the rod just like right down, Lord knows where it went. And I'm like, wow. And then I became freaky that it was in there and I'm thinking, how do I get it out? And so watching the videos, these guys would, without hands, 
have the rod come back out. So I'm thinking, okay, there must be some sort of muscle to do that. And I'm laying there and I'm like, eh, eh, I don't know what to do. Eh, I'm trying all these different things, right? So then I take my hand and I feel the base of my penis. I can feel where the rod is because the rod kind of goes more on the underside of your dick as it slides in, it seems. So I found the tip and with my finger, I could slide it up my dick and the rod would come out. Oh, look at that. Amazing. So that was the first day and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything more because I'm just lucky I managed that. So I cleaned everything up, da, 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 da. And about maybe a half hour later, I had to take a piss. Well, <laughs> something happened when I was doing it because it felt like that Q-tip in your dick while I pissed. Just like the start of pissing, not like the whole time, just a little bit at the start. And I thought, oh God, I hope I didn't do anything bad. And I looked it up online and it was a fairly common thing. So the next time I had to take a piss, it still was a little tiny bit like that, but far less than the first time. So my husband came home and I'm like, honey, guess what I did today? <laughs> Right? And he's like, you're an ass. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I know, I really am. So I put everything away and everything went back to normal. And like six days later, I'm like, I really want to do it again, I think. And so I put on videos and I was watching it again and did it all again. And I was experimenting with um, kind of sliding the rod up and down with my fingers holding it up and down, holding it above the head of my dick. And a couple times it got so slippery, again, it just dropped down. So after a little while, I'm like, well, that one worked okay. I wonder if the next size would work, right? Uh, so... I take out the next one and I do all the disinfecting and da da da, lubing it up, da da da. And yeah, I could get it into my dick, but it wasn't a great feeling. It it felt like I was straining something with it. So I took it out and instead went back to the first rod. And now I guess because I must have expanded something in my dick with the bigger rod, this little rod was like, hey, great, Froom, <laughs> right into me again. So I did it for a while. I did it probably five times total. And I think I might someday do it again. I, I kept the kit, but... My fascination for it has been satisfied, and I'm a little less nervous about the catheter, even though I know it, they're not going to put on porn videos for me and lube it all up and all that. And you know, They're going to just you know do however they do it. I'm sure they do it with lube, but not in a fun way. So that's my sounding story. And if you don't know, I'm kind of like a whack job that tells you it 
I love doing new adventurous things, things I've never done, things I'd never even think of doing. The great thing about being married is my husband comes from Mexico, and I go to Mexico quite often to visit our family down there, and we have different interests here, and, and we explore each other's interests, you know, out and about, going places and doing things. So, I love adventure, and my sounding rods were an adventure. By the way, I'm not telling you to do them. I'm not suggesting you do it. It's not the easiest thing. You can really hurt yourself. You can really get an infection. So I'm not in any way suggesting that you do this. I would say check with your doctor, but your doctor's going to go, no fucking way. Are you a fool? So I'm not suggesting sounding, okay? Well, you got to admit I do seem to get myself into all kinds of adventures, good and bad. Mostly good, though, but strange. Just as a reminder again, submit your personal stories about masturbation to me before May 15th to have out for Memorial Day weekend. Send all your stories to anoldergaygayshow at gmail.com. I will be out with another episode of this show soon. Meanwhile, thanks so much for joining me today. I hope everyone has a great day. Hugs to all of you. Bye for now, my friends.